for the last time, I'm going to ask you, uh, and I'm going to qualify what I ask in just a moment, to open with me to Philippians chapter 4, although, having said that, you might find it easier to follow along in your bulletins uh, today than actually opening up your Bibles. But if you would like to, Philippians chapter 4, we've come to the end of this letter. It's on page 982 in the Blue Bibles, but I'm going to read that one and then a couple of passages from Luke 1 as well. We've come to the close of this letter, and I hope, and I can say this uh, uh, in a very Pauline way, that you have enjoyed it. Because Paul would have us, he would have the Philippians to be in joy together as the people of God as we are in Christ, regardless of what the circumstances are. That is the circumstance that overrules all of the others. It is the great circumstance that now provides us with comfort, and it is the one that provides us with hope for the days to come as well. As he closes this letter, he closes uh, in a customary way, customary for the time, uh, but adapted, adapted to address believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is often the way that Paul closes things with greetings sent and then a benediction as well. Our focus today is going to be on the greetings, and then I'm going to read, as I said, the, uh, the greetings that form the Annunciation uh, to Mary and then to Elizabeth as well. We're going to reflect on greetings as we think of season's greetings this morning. So this is the very word of God, brief though it may be at the end of this letter. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And now from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And then later in uh, chapter 1 from verse 39. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the joy that it brings to us as we read it and for the challenge that is found here for us in it as well. We thank you that you have greeted us, and you've greeted us with a great salvation. And we pray then today that you would help us 
to express our greetings well to one another. And Jesus, we ask this in your name. Amen. Sorry, needed to grab a bulletin as well this morning. Seasons, greetings. The, uh, the hymns, the carols, the cards, our uh, Christmas cards are lined up. They've, they've all been prepared. They're in the envelopes. Uh, the names and addresses are on them. They're all stamped. They're waiting for Monday to go out. Seasons, greetings are about to be exchanged by all of us. We sing this, yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. In a more casual kind of way, the, uh, the, the Christmas songs talk about it. Say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. It's the hap- happiest season of all with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. We were, uh, Lauren and I uh, just drove down to St. Michael's uh, yesterday for the Christmas Day uh, parade in St. Michael's. Ask us about it. It's, it's a wonderful little event, uh, complete with llamas. Uh, and if you can't have llamas in a Christmas parade, when can you have them? Uh, but the greetings went throughout the day. The greetings of Merry Christmas from everybody in the parade who was standing there to everybody else who was standing around. In fact, when we got into the town, and please don't take this as a slight, although it might be a little bit of a slight, when we got into town, we were walking along the street, and I greeted someone who was walking by, and Lauren looked at me and she said, oh, right, 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 we're in Maryland, not Philly. Uh, so it was, it was a time of greetings, and the scriptures call us to do this. Uh, from uh, the letter to the Corinthians, not the letter uh, for today, the command is to greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you, Paul says, and you should greet one another. And of course, if you're familiar with your Bibles, you know that in Romans chapter 15, we have nearly the entire chapter of Romans 15 dedicated to greetings, to writing, greet this person, greet that person in the Lord. So greetings are significant. And therefore, let us be clear, and I think we can say these things from the outset, Greetings are not superfluous. They are not, or at least they should not be, done simply out of politeness or mere formality. Greetings are not just something you have to do, because it's what people do, and I may not like it, but it's something I have to do. And they are not just niceties that you can drop or ignore to get down to business. All business with no greeting is inconsistent with the gospel. It is inconsistent with what it means to live as a person in Christ. That we greet matters. How we greet matters. And how we respond to greetings matters. Think of an example. I, I, uh, I've peppered the bulletin this morning with examples of greetings that we'll go to at various points in this service, and I don't want you to turn to this one right now. Uh, but, but think of this one as an example in terms of seeing how greetings and our response to them matters. Do you remember the situation where David is out in the wilderness, and uh, 
he sends his men to Nabal with greetings. Do you remember that? Okay, he, Nabal's getting ready to shear the sheep. David and his men have been treating Nabal and company and the sheep and other things well. And so David sends the men to Nabal saying this, Greet him in my name. Thus you should greet him. Peace be to you. That's the greeting. Peace be to you. Peace be to your household. David sends it. And of course, if you know this story, you know that the response of Nabal, of course, is to rebuff the greeting. Uh, 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 uh. I'm, I'm not interested in this greeting. I'm not interested in this. David, I know what he wants. I'm not interested in this. And what's David's response to a rebuffed greeting? Remember what it is? Strap on your swords. Strap on your swords. This is the end of Nabal and his company and his host. Men greet one another. Men like Abraham in the text that I read for us earlier. Men like, on the front of your bulletin, we'll get to these later, Moses. Men like Boaz greet. David greets. Paul greets. John, on the front of your bulletins as well. The Apostle John, they greet. Women greet. And I could multiply the examples, but just take the ones that we read already. Elizabeth and Mary greet one another. Angels, angels take time to greet. They don't look at it as just something superfluous. I don't have to say anything about the greeting. I just need to get down and get this message to Mary. They greet. Greetings are a manifestation of, a subset of, a part of love and respect and friendship and thankfulness. Greetings are a communication of grace to another person. A good greeting is a part of love. It's not something else. It's a part of love. And a failure to greet is not just bad etiquette, although it may be that as well. A failure to greet is a failure to love and nothing less. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul says. Wrap your arms around them. They are in Christ Jesus as you are in Christ Jesus. Jesus has united us to himself, with himself, and thus we are united to each other. Every saint, Paul says, there's a sense in which that's collective, and he says that earlier in the letter, all the saints. But every saint, individually, in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters of Christ the King Presbyterian Church, we have much to learn in this area. It may seem a simple thing of which I speak this morning, but let me just say it to you this way. We have lots of room to grow in the area of greeting one another. So three points today from a fairly simple text. One, take time to greet. Two, take time to greet appropriately. And three, take time to greet sincerely.
first, take time to greet. I think uh, that the biblical case for taking time to greet is already made clear in the passages that I have referenced, so I'm not going to belabor the point, but simply to say this, that in Christ Jesus, greeting brings joy. It means that you noticed someone, that in Christ you noticed them, or to reverse it, in Christ you were noticed, and that brings joy to the recipient of a greeting. Now, admittedly, this is a supernatural situation, but I think it's a supernatural situation that allows us to understand the common everyday situations that we have. So, when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, it's said about three or four times in the text that I read for us, when she greets Elizabeth, John the Baptist, in the womb, filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb, as was prophesied about him, John the Baptist, Baptist leaps for joy, leaps for joy at the sound of the greeting that comes from the mother of our Lord. Albeit on a smaller scale, not with the miraculous things that are going on there, that's what happens when you greet. When you remember someone's name, when you take the time to initiate the greeting, joy is being communicated to that person. Grace is being communicated to that person. It's going out from you. And if that seems like a stretch, it seems like, wow, that's, that's loading greeting with a lot. Can it, can it bear that kind of weight? Think of what the absence of a greeting communicates. Okay? When it's not there. When you are ignored. What does that communicate? Now, load it the other, the other direction. Maybe we can see this better by just noting what the biblical greetings look like. And, and, and we're not going to turn, and we're not going to look at a lot of these, uh, but the biblical greetings look like blessing one another. It's, it's a communication of blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord be with you. Shalom to you. Peace be to you. Favor be to you. Or in the New Testament, in a Pauline kind of way, grace and peace be yours. And, and by, by noting what is the substance of a greeting, you can see what's happening. It's carrying. It's conveying your wishes for grace, for blessing, for favor, God's favor, to be upon the person to whom you are speaking, to whom you're giving this greeting. If this seems to you to be something overly simplistic, kind of obvious, let me tell you this clearly. People in this church have been deeply wounded and hurt by the failure of people in this church to greet them. I'm not making it up. I hear it. Not everyone hears it. I hear it. We're pretty good at initially greeting. But then, a year in, we're not so good. We've got room to grow in this area. Do not underestimate the value of greeting. What if you came into this place 
You might think, well, no, I, I talked to lots of people. What if you came into this place and no one greeted you? Or you greeted no one? What's that experience like? That's the value of greeting. Face-to-face, -to -face, together, greeting one another. And I have to, we're just talking about that we should greet. Let me just extend this to one area. Don't forget this in emails. We live in a complicated culture as it relates to communication. Complicated because we're in a lot of communication with one another. And so sometimes it becomes fuzzy how and when we should greet one another. And one of the manifestations of that is an email. Listen to me. Christ the King, listen to me. From the day I started communicating with this church by email, we have been a lousy church at communicating by email. Terse. Characterizes the emails. Get down to business. I've said this before. I've talked about it in Sunday school classes. You can't do it. You have to stop. You have to greet the saints. I'm not talking about, and scripture, this is two sentences in this letter. That's all it is. Two sentences of greeting. Something that communicates that this is not just business when I interact with you, when you interact with me. Something that communicates the warmth of being together in the gospel, in Christ. Just a line or two. Those of you, I'm going to be as specific as I possibly can. Those of you who open emails, I'll just use my, Eric, comma, know that you've started on the wrong foot with me. Okay? Know that I went, okay, I'm going to press on in this email with a crack of my neck. I'm going to press on and read further. And if there's not one sentence after that, or if at the end it just says your name at the end, know that I figure you're upset. Okay? Young, old, doesn't matter. Goes right across the board. Right across the board. Take the time to put a phrase, a sentence, something in there. Let me just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being very personal and very practical here for a moment. All of us, I trust, know that when we're texting back and forth, that's a different means of communication. Same rules don't apply uh, to texting. Likewise, all of us know that when we're in the midst of a conversation and a gazillion emails are bopping back and forth, that please understand, I'm not talking about, I, I don't want to hear your greetings every time uh, in an email where we're going back and forth uh, and exchanging something by dialogue. So being realistic here, okay? Uh, I'm just, just, just some clarification things on there. We have to take time to greet. And you have to remember how important it is, how regular it should be. And if you need a reminder of how important it is and how regular it should be, think of your dog. Just think of your dog. Your dog will gauge what your greeting level should be. Right? Lauren and I were gone for, I don't know, eight hours yesterday, nine hours. So the greeting, and of course my dog can't be ignored if he wants to greet, the greeting requires a commensurate amount of time with the time that I've been away, um, or both of us away. It takes 10 minutes, and I can't do anything else for 10 minutes. It requires 10 minutes of greeting the dog because of the time that I've been away. God's people should be active greeters. Secondly, 
take the time to greet appropriately. This is even more difficult. Paul's greeting to the Philippians, as simple as it is, is actually quite a thoughtful little greeting in expressing the idea, I've already said this, but in expressing the idea of greet every saint. He's reflecting on the value of each and every person in a church that, remember, is struggling with issues of unity, where they're kind of marginalizing each other a little bit and upset with each other on some of the edges. And his saying, greet every saint, is a way of saying, don't get around this. Don't just greet the people that you happen to be in agreement with now. Greet every saint who is in the church. When he says, greet them in Christ Jesus, he's wrapped in the theme and the source of all that he's written in this letter. When he expresses to them particularly, especially, greetings are sent to them from those of Caesar's household, which is probably to say slaves and freedmen within Caesar's household. He is speaking to a church of very likely a lot of Roman citizens who are experiencing, as we've seen, the tension of being followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the absolute supreme Lord, and yet living in the Roman Empire, and they're feeling pressure from that Roman Empire towards the compromise of their faith and of their convictions. And when he says, especially the ones from Caesar's household greet you, what he is saying to them is, brothers and sisters, I know you're feeling some pressure, but realize that even in the very power centers of Rome, something is taking place. You've got friends that are greeting you from the very household of Caesar. And so it's a thoughtful and appropriate kind of greeting that he gives. If you look at the front of your bulletin, and Boaz came from Bethlehem and he said to the reapers, everybody line up in a greeting line and I want to shake everybody's hand as I come along. That's not what it says. That's not what Boaz does. There's not a receiving line when Boaz comes out to greet the reapers. There's a situation where everybody's out in the field in various places and Boaz yells out to them, the Lord be with you. And they yell out the countersign. Uh, Sorry, I was going to say, and also with you. And the Lord bless you. It's not a time for handshakes. It's not a time for everybody getting together for a hug. It's a time for a greeting that goes out to a group of people in a wide situation. It is appropriate. To greet appropriately, we must practice situational awareness. What type of greeting should you offer? How long should the greeting be? You cannot seek to pin people down with a greeting. Boom, nail them, got them, got them. Pin them down with a greeting. You can't do that in a greeting. When should I greet? What should I say? Must all be processed. We must do our best to read the situation and read the people, and this will help us to decide the appropriate way to greet. Is it a hug? Is it a handshake? Is it a kiss? Is it a fist bump? Is it a body slam? We don't don't do the body slam often in church, but if you're in sports, it might be the right time to jump up and do the body slam into each other as a greeting. What words do we use in our greetings? One size does not fit all in greetings. One style does not fit all. We must study. We must think about it in order to adjust appropriately. All greetings should not be formal. 
If you think that all greetings should be formal, realize that you are not communicating love. You are, in fact, communicating distance. Some should be formal, but you've got to know when the formal is appropriate and when the informal is appropriate and when something in between the formal and the informal is appropriate to greet someone. The wise person is able to discern between those things. Parents, help your children to develop in the art of greeting. I know you know this. I know you try this. Keep working on it. Keep working on it so that they know how to respond to a greeting. They know how to initiate a greeting. They know the simple things, then, that you have tried to teach them. And I just want to affirm it from the pulpit so that the kids have heard it from the pulpit and from you. They know how to look someone in the eye. They know how to adjust if they're talking to one of their friends and greeting to one of their friends, or if they're speaking to an elder in the church or an older person in the church. They know how to adjust that, how to greet appropriately and not shy away. Keep working on the training. And high schoolers, don't you dismiss this. Middle schoolers as well. But let me pick on the high schoolers. It's one of the toughest times to greet well because you're so conscious of yourself and you're so conscious of what I don't want to do and, I, and so you just shy away from the greeting. The greeting, or lack thereof, is communicating. It's communicating a lot about you. And it's communicating a lot about who you love, whether you love, who you respect, and what you think of people. Take time to greet. Take time to greet appropriately and take time to greet sincerely. Uh, it's not unique to the Church of Jesus Christ to think that uh, how you greet is important and significant. There are lots of people who know the significance of a good greeting. There's plenty of training available into how one greets well. And of course, if you're in sales, you've learned it. You've learned a lot of the techniques. You've tried to practice the techniques because you know it's important. There's a lot of people who know the importance of greeting. Whether those are sincere greetings or not, well, that remains to be seen. This letter that we've read together now over the past couple of months is full of expressions of sincerity throughout. And for one last time, let me reference what we've gone back to a couple of times. Namely, particularly, Paul has singled out for commendation Timothy, who will be genuinely concerned with your welfare. His meeting of you, his greeting of you, his teaching of you, his visit to you will not be something he's merely doing because he's been told to do it, because he's been sent to do it. He will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, and that phrase is the key to sincerity. A sincere greeting is interested in someone else's welfare. Not yours. It's not about you. Well, it is, but it's not directed at you. A, a sincere greeting is going out from you. It is an effort to bless the one whom you are greeting. If you are greeting 
to make yourself look good because you know someone and it's kind of flattering to let other people know that you know this person or you'd like to get something from this person. If you are greeting and looking for an opportunity to seize the conversation and talk about yourself, tell a story about yourself. If you are greeting simply because you got stuck in a situation, you were passing by someone and you had no choice but to offer a greeting, but you're thinking, how can I escape? How can I get out of this situation? Then you are not sincerely greeting the saints. Let's take two examples from the front of your bulletin. At the front for a moment. First one from Moses. It's been some time since Moses had seen his father-in-law when he last left him. He left with the intention of being used by God to redeem the people of Israel, which has now taken place. And once again, Moses and Jethro are coming together. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. Bowing down communicates respect to his father-in-law. The kisses communicate relationship and affection. And then the phrase that's so important here, and they asked each other about their welfare and went into the tent. Now, I'm sure that once they were in the tent, there was lots of conversations that were had. But as part of the greeting, they want to know, how are you? I mean, we say, how are you? That's what they wanted to know. Greeting someone is being interested in their welfare. How are you doing? They were concerned about it for each other. John 3, or third, pardon me, 3 John. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. Earlier in this letter, John had used names. He had rejoiced in the welfare and said to them, there's no greater joy than I have than when all of you are doing well, when you're walking in the truth. And now he commands the use of names. Names are important, and they have great value in a greeting. Remembering people, knowing about their lives, it is essential for the development of sincerity. In your greetings... Ask how people are doing in an appropriate way. Not for a 20-minute conversation. That can take place at another time. But at least get a quick feel for how people are doing. Ask what they've been doing, and then remember that you've asked what they've been doing, and return to it. Remember it. Pray for it. In the next conversation, return to it. How did it go? I know we had spoken about fill in the blank. How did that go? I have a friend from years back. I've mentioned him before in the sermon. I'm not going to say his name today. He was the president of a hospital in Baltimore, and I went to visit him one time, and I was stunned as we walked around the hospital that from the cleaning people to the elevator operator to the doctors, he was able to ask something about each thing in their life. How was that vacation you took? How was that, how's your grandson doing or something like that? It's extraordinary. He knew about the lies. Figure out the interests of other people and ask them about it. Yes, 
even in your greetings. Even in your greetings, you can do that. Even in the greetings, here's the principle. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Right? That's the principle that's at the heart of this letter. Look not only to your own interests, but look to the interest of the other. When you are, when even you've got a greeting, you're looking to the interest of another. How was your week? How are your kids? How are the grandkids? How's your exam schedule? What's been keeping you busy? You got any fun plans for the holidays? Ask about the welfare of others. Now, Jesus warns about insincerity in greetings. He condemns Pharisees who love greetings in the marketplaces, kind of a who's who. They love to hear people call them rabbi out in public when other people can hear somebody call them rabbi. Jesus instead says to us, in speaking of enemies, and if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? See what he's saying there? If, if you are just about the business, obviously people have various levels of relationships with different people in this church, but if all you do is seek out the people that you're closest to and you don't spend any time greeting anybody else, if you ignore people and don't greet them, that's what the, that's what the Gentiles do. The calling that we have, the bar that we have, the bar that Jesus is setting for greeting goes up a notch. It goes up above the call of what people normally do. I want to be clear. We're not talking about everything that belongs to hospitality and to loving someone, but we're not not talking about that. We're saying that greetings are the gateway into a person's life. They're the gateway to hospitality. They're the opening or shutting of the door that's going to allow you to make any progress one way or the other. Listen, I know a lot of you are uncomfortable right now. I hope some of you are. I suspect the introverts are uncomfortable. I suspect the engineers are uncomfortable. Sorry. We don't all need to be the same. I'm, I have this role. I'm not an extrovert, at least in the testing. We don't all need to be the same in this, but we all need to be challenged by it. If last week, by example of the Philippians, the call was to be generous givers, then the call this week is to be generous greeters. In Christ Jesus. He's given us the greatest greeting that we could ever have at the resurrection, and the greeting that he has given to us is peace be to you. Stands in their midst and says, peace be to you. That's the spirit in which we go. On the one hand, greetings are a small thing. They're a common thing. Two verses at the end of this particular letter that we're looking at today. But they carry a lot of weight. Don't dismiss the sermon. It's just a practical little sermon on what we are called to because we are united together in Christ. We are bearers 
of the blessing and the love of Christ that we can extend to one another. To withhold a greeting is to inflict pain. To give the greeting is to convey the love of Christ to another person. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Help us to love well and help us with a little part of that love, how to greet one another well. We thank you for your love, for your friendship, for your fellowship with us. And we greet you, our Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.